Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone, rest your cause. Happy Wednesday, Edwin. Happy Wednesday, Andrew. January 26th. The year of our Lord, 2022. That is true. That is true. It's a good thing I'm not writing any checks this week. I'm, I'm still got to, I got to get used to this 2022 business. Well, I, yeah, but I think earlier in the week, the mistake was not just 2021. I mean, you're still living two years ago. Aren't we all? I kind of. I mean, just a little bit. Well, I mean, you know, we, it is, it is good. It is good that we record way ahead because we have had to take a break on recording because one of us. I won't <coughs> name who got hit with the 2020 flu uh, last week. So yeah, glad that we're over that kind of. Well, yes, although we are. You, although you cringe every time I take a deep breath, it's it's. Yeah, I am definitely cringing more than usual this week. <laughs> so anyway, right. it's it's 2022, but we're in Matthew 21. That's right. And I'm gonna read verses 18 through 22. Okay, in the English Standard Version. In the morning, as he was returning to the city, he became hungry, and seeing a fig tree by the wayside, he went to it and found nothing on it but only leaves. And he said to it, May no fruit ever come from you again. And the fig tree withered at once. When the disciples saw it, they marveled, saying, How did the fig tree wither at once? Jesus answered them, Truly I say to you, if you have faith and do not doubt, you will not only do what has been done to the fig tree, but even if you say to this mountain, Be taken up and thrown into the sea, it'll happen. And whatever you ask in prayer, you will receive if you have faith. Mm. Trying to think if I've ever had a fresh fig. I'm not sure. Probably the closest for me has been fig Newtons. I'm trying to decide if I've ever had a delicious fig. And well, the answer ask... to that is no. So on a scale of 1 to 10, how much do you love fig Newtons? Oh, fig Newtons are disgusting. <laughs> You like you, you and my family. <laughs> I got a package of those. I was trying to send them in the kids' lunch, you know, and they want to eat them. Can you imagine that, children who don't eat cookies? <laughs> they don't eat those. Those aren't cookies. Those are <laughs> death on a cracker. <laughs> They're disgusting. I like strawberry Newtons and apple Newtons, but I don't think they even make those anymore. So maybe you got a thing with figs, huh? It's, it's about it figs. It could be about the figs. I'm fine for a fig tree to get withered. <laughs> I mean, listen, had no I, love lost for this fig tree. Had I been walking and there been fruit on the tree, I'd have probably taken a bite and been like, nope, no more fruit on you. This, in fact, let's just go ahead and wipe out fig trees for the whole world and let's not, let's not let the world have to deal with this well, for the next 2,000 years. Thankfully, the Lord's punitive miracle was limited to just this one plant and not well, for all you. fig trees for everywhere. You. Yeah. And yeah. the good people at Nabisco. <laughs> Anyway, it is one of the odd miracles, and it, it causes a great deal of consternation. What's going on here? It does seem like Jesus is overreacting just a little bit, especially when we find in from the other Gospels that it wasn't even the season for figs. I'm trying to think if there's times when God has used plants to make a point. Okay, I think about uh, the book of Jonah. All right, in the fourth chapter of Jonah, God caused some plant to rise up and give him shade and then killed it the next day, and, and he was teaching Jonah a lesson. Yeah, listen, it's this is not the only place where that happens. Well, in I fact, don't want us to cry too much over the fig plants. Well, it is a plant. It is a plant. They grow back. Uh, except this one didn't, I don't think. The, the point, I think, though, is as we're reading through Matthew chapter 21, Matthew has gone out of his way 
and Jesus has gone out of his way to demonstrate prophecy and fulfilled prophecy, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. promise and fulfilled promise. And so when this happens, I think at this point in the story, we ought to be primed and ready to be saying something more must be happening than Jesus' frustration with a fig tree. Okay. And I think it's it's almost like, if I can describe it this way, maybe a visual parable. Okay. In the sense that when Jesus tells a parable about a farmer who's throwing seed all over the place and there's these four different kinds of soils, when it's done, you've got some people who are all bent out of shape about farming. Okay. What is this guy talking about farming? I don't understand. But there's other people that are saying, okay, wait a minute. I know who Jesus is. I believe who Jesus is. I bet this is about something other than farming. Okay. And so I need to find out what that's about. I think we have a similar thing here. Mm-hmm. We can come to this situation and we can either be bent all out of shape about a fig tree and fig trees withering and when do figs come into season and when do they not come into season? Or we can back up and say, okay, wait, wait, wait. I know who this is. Mm-hmm. I know the kind of man he is. I know the kind of work he does. Maybe there's something very significant here that I need to get behind and figure out what this is about. Mm-hmm. And when I do that, I am reminded okay, actually, this starts to remind me of things that I remember in the prophets that God had said. In fact, as we dig through it, we might come across Jeremiah chapter 8. And per let's se. start in verse 13. Okay. Uh, that's where I'm going to go. All right. Jeremiah well, chapter. I don't think this is the only place that we have to go. But look, in Jeremiah 8, 13, listen to what Jesus says. When I, or excuse me, what God reveals there. When I would gather them, declares the Lord, there are no grapes on the vine, nor figs on the fig tree. Even the leaves are withered, and what I gave them has passed away from them. Hmm. Okay, wait a minute. Now, here's this place where God is wanting to gather some people in, and he pictures it as, here's grapes on the vine, here's figs on the tree, and I've gone to gather them in, and there's nothing there. They're not there. In fact, it's withered. Mm -hmm. And... As I'm walking through Matthew 21, Jesus has gone into the temple. And what did he find? Yeah. Did he find fruit-bearing people? He's found a den of thieves. He found chief priests who were very hostile to the people who were praising him. And because they were doing that, the folks who needed to be called in, who needed the blessing of the Lord, were kept out. Mm -hmm. He -hmm. says, "I'm, I'm coming to these people, and I'm looking for fruit, and I'm not finding fruit. And I wanted to gather them in. But rather, I'm finding these wasted, withered tree. And so now Jesus has come across this tree that has no figs. And what does he do? He provides an object lesson. Here is a fruitless tree withered, Mm -hmm. just like Jerusalem. I have come into Jerusalem to find fruit-bearing people, and I don't. And here's what happens when people don't bear fruit. So are you saying that the seeing that the tree itself then is representing Jerusalem? And that there should have been people glad for their Messiah to come and prepare to be gathered by him. And instead, yeah, instead they're not. Yeah, I think so I think he's calling to mind the prophecies. He's okay. calling to mind, okay. look, this is what I'm finding. Uh, you remember when Jesus came down from the mountain and he talked about, they, and the disciples asked him about, well, wait a minute, what about Elijah? I thought Elijah was supposed to come first. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, well, Elijah did come and they did whatever they wanted to him. And as we talked about that passage, remember the Malachi prophecy said, here's what here's what Elijah's going to do. Mm-hmm. He's going to come and return the hearts of the children of the fathers and the fathers to the children, right. lest I come and destroy them. 
And what Jesus highlights is you realize there were two sides to that prophecy. There was the prophecy says they're going to repent, mm-hmm. or if they don't, there's going to be judgment. Right, that's the other side. And what Jesus highlighted was they didn't repent. They did whatever they wanted to Elijah. Mm-hmm. So judgment is coming. Jesus is drawing his disciples' attention to the fact that here I've come into this place, I've been looking for fruit, and I'm not finding it. Mm. Judgment is coming. In fact, if we continue on in Jeremiah chapter 8, we read verse 13, now read verse 14 and 15. Okay. Why do we sit still? Gather together, let us go into the fortified cities and perish there. For the Lord our God has doomed us to perish and has given us poisoned water to drink because we have sinned against the Lord. We looked for peace, but no good came for a time of healing, but behold, terror. Notice it talks about let's go into the city and perish. So are these the are these the voices of the people? Under judgment, is that who's talking here in Jeremiah? I think so. Yeah. Okay. All right. I think I'm just I think trying when to we track move, with you. And... I think when we move into verse fourteen and fifteen, it moves from the Lord saying, "I've looked for fruit and I haven't found it, mm-hmm. so I'm going to bring judgment." To now, here's the people crying out because they're being judged. Okay. We're going to go into the fortified city, but what's going to even happen to us there? Mm-hmm. The fortified mm-hmm. city is no protection. We're we're going to be judged yeah. because the Lord is judging us. The Lord wanted us to obey, and we didn't, and now he's bringing judgment. Jesus is very specifically bringing up this idea, there is judgment coming, and it's actually going to be on this fortified city. Mm. We're going to see it happen, and over the next couple of chapters, chapter 22 is going to have this. I think we're going to get into it big time in chapter 24. 24. Absolutely. Uh, We're going to see that Jesus is looking forward to the fact that, okay, you guys are not accepting what's happening. You're not heeding the invitation. You're not bearing the fruit of the kingdom. And so judgment is going to come. And it's very specifically going to be a judgment on this city. You're going to go into a fortified city, and it's not going to help. Yeah. The city itself is going to be destroyed. I think Jesus is bringing all of that to mind with this withered tree. I think it helps us uh, appreciate then and gives give context, certainly, to why curse this fig tree at this time. Now, the disciples are moved by this. I can't help but notice. Uh, how did the fig tree wither away so soon? Which I always find to be a, a curious question because, I mean, they've been there when he has stilled storms and walked on water and, you know, he's manipulated elements. But by the time he's done talking, at least it says this way in the New King James, verse 22, whatever things you ask in prayer, believing you will receive. And uh, I'm trying to build the bridge. I'm trying to understand how this gets to be a lesson to them, you know, about prayer. Well, I'm glad that we got to that question second, because I think everything that we've set up to this lays the groundwork for that. Okay. Typically, we come to this passage and we act like Jesus has just done this thing kind of willy-nilly. He got upset and he said, curse the tree and boom, it happened. Mm -hmm. And now he tells the Mm -hmm. disciples, oh yeah, y'all be able to do that kind of thing anytime you want. Yeah. And with that kind of vacuum approach, mm-hmm. disconnected approach, it sounds like a blank check of however you feel today, whatever you're wanting today, whatever you're upset about today, you'll just say a prayer and it'll happen. Boom. But when I understand that Jesus is actually doing something bigger and deeper, I realize that the teaching on prayer is not this disconnected uh, contextless idea. Okay. okay. Jesus prays for this fig tree to wither mm-hmm. because he is demonstrating and teaching a lesson anchored in scripture and prophecy 
and promise. Mm-hmm. And so when he prays this prayer, when he makes the statement, it is one that can be done in faith because it is anchored in scripture, promise, prophecy, okay. Okay. teaching the will and word of God, driving home the point of God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And what he is saying to the apostles is that, look, when you're praying from the same basis that I pray from, this kind of thing happens. Mm. When, when you can take, here's the word of God, and I am so into and anchored in the word of God that, that my very prayer is about teaching the word of God, that my mm-hmm. very prayer is about demonstrating God. God will do amazing things through us and our prayers. Now, I, that, that does not mean that any whim that I have, oh, I think this would be a good, I think this would be a good object lesson. God, make it storm right now. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean God's going to do that. But what it does mean is when I'm really anchored in God's word, his promises, his prophecies, and my prayers are, are coming from that and built upon that, God responds to my praying. That's beautiful and well said. I get a message of hope here, too, that amidst a picture of judgment and even a foreshadow of a great judgment that's going to come onto Jerusalem, there's an encouragement to his disciples to pray and the efficacy of pray, prayer, I'm reminded about how even in the midst of terrible judgments, God knows how to save those who are his own. And whether it's a Sodom and Gomorrah, and he knows how to save Lot out of it, or the whole world is being destroyed, but he knows how to save a Noah, uh, so too judgment's going to come upon Jerusalem very soon. But the people of God, he'll be able to save out of that. The praying people, the ones mm-hmm. who are anchored mm-hmm. in, in the word, full of faith, and wisdom, and God's Spirit, who are praying to Him, they're the ones that are going to be delivered. Amen. Amen. I think we need to wrap up today, brother. Well, we appreciate so much you joining us. Uh, Let us know in the Facebook group discussion once you're getting out of the text, or send us an email, texttalkatchristiansmeethere.org, texttalkatchristiansmeethere.org. Let's pray. Our great God and Father, we thank you, Lord, for today. We thank you for your word. As we have just a, a little bit of time every day to look at it and to let it, Father, fill our hearts and shape our minds, we are impressed again by the willingness of Jesus Christ to come into this world to fulfill all law and all prophecy. Father, the things we study about today are, are challenging to think about your justice being meted on people, though it is totally just and it is all right and deserving. But we, Father, are hungry for your grace. We pray, Father, that you might save us and save our souls through the gospel of Christ. And we might always be encouraged to pray to you who listen to your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.